Are you happy? This is the question I have specifically for liberals. I often talk about the liberal regime and how it's hurting America and, in fact, killing certain parts of it. I think one of the things that I focus on most is the destructive nature of the leftist rhetoric. And while on the one hand they're talking about unification and, uh, you know, and compassion and morality, and in point of fact, the Democrats are supposed to be, quote-unquote, the party of the people, but the rampant hypocrisy is very obvious to those with a brain at this point. And I really think a lot of it has to do with their focus on darkness and grittiness and the nastiness of life. It's not only uh, liberals who are focusing on this now, of course. It seems as if our entire entertainment industry is obsessed with the dark and the nasty and the gruesome and the really very um, disgusting underbelly of humanity. I don't know why they're so obsessed, but I have a feeling it's because they like it. They like to show it to us and, and try and tell us that this is real. You know, we don't want to show you the, um, the standard, you know, boy meets girl, fall in love, you know, fade off into the sunset. We, we don't want to do that because it's not real. And the prevailing belief being that people don't want to see that. That we'd much rather see reality, which doesn't make any sense to me. Entertainment is escapism. It's supposed to be. At the end of a, a busy, hard day or week, we, we turn to entertainment to ease our nerves, lessen our stress, put a smile on our face. So why is it that just about every new form of entertainment, especially the ones that are plugged and get a lot of attention and a lot of advertising, why are they all so obsessed with just the dregs, the losers? And yeah, I'm going to use that term because that's what a lot of these characters are in these books, in these movies, in these television shows. That's really what they are. And I'm sort of tired of it. How can you not be? We're just riddled with depressing content on all sides. How can you be happy watching that and listening to it 24 hours a day? It's in the news, and then it come home, it's in our entertainment. It didn't used to be, you know. Hollywood always was sort of liberal-leaning. Now it's completely out of control, of course, but it always was. And even then... There were times when you just wanted a piece of entertainment. That's all you wanted. There was a time in this country's history where you could actually write a book and have it be about something that wasn't social justice, that you didn't have to have. It wasn't a mandate that there be a transgender or a gay character or a minority character or whatever you want to call it. That you could actually listen to music that didn't have politically-fueled lyrics. That you could go to a play that wasn't about social justice or something akin to it. And the thing is, all of these subjects end up being really dark. 
They all they end up being very polarizing. They don't improve your mood at all. And uh, being a uh, a fan of, of of the golden age of of entertainment, uh, particularly movies, um, I, I first I always have to make the disclaimer. I always have to say yes. I am I'm very well aware of the fact that it was. Um, a very exclusionary system back then. Um, you know, whites obviously dominated, but of course they dominated in the country as well. So it's sort of indicative of the, of the society. I mean, if you watch a movie from China, you're going to see a lot of Chinese people. I really don't see how that's a problem. That's nationalism versus globalism, but that's a whole separate issue. The, the point is, I understand that we've made great strides and we should have made those strides and we have. And, and there are things that are offensive and were offensive then, although they didn't really know it. Um, and it's good that we've gotten past a lot of that. However, the focus is what I like. I liked the fact that the focus is on lighthearted, cheerful, positive, optimistic subjects. I don't understand why that's looked down upon now. It's not just that people don't take to it. It's that it's actually frowned upon. And it's liberals who seem to be doing the frowning, as if we're not supposed to be smiling at this, as if we're not supposed to be feeling good, as if we're not supposed to be, you know, feeling optimistic for what we just saw and and going to bed with smiles on our faces. We're not supposed to do that because it's not real. I don't care if it's real. We know it's not real. That's the point. And by the way, the real, the reality that you have created, liberals, is very dark. Very dark, disturbed, twisted, dysfunctional, all of that. It just is. We don't need it rubbed in our faces all the time. And for those of us who don't choose to have it rubbed in our faces, we certainly don't want it in our entertainment all the damn time. Now, I prepared something for this podcast. I, I, I Being a writer at heart, I, I wrote a piece. Um, I... No, it won't be published anywhere. It's, it doesn't fall into the um, into the wheelhouse of, of most newspapers. In fact, any. They, they don't publish things like this. And do, do newspapers even um, employ conservative columnists? Do they even write anything that doesn't have anything to do with all the things I'm talking about? You know, the social justice and the dregs and all that. Do they even address any of that anymore? I suppose some do. You know, there might be a few left, but that is not the direction they're headed and hasn't been for some time. And it's not, you know, it, to be fair, it's not newsworthy. Uh, it's it's not topical. It's more general. They tend not to want to run things that are more general or, you know, somewhat philosophical in bent. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's important. And, and I, I believe a lot of people will agree with it. And not just people who are Trump fans or Republicans or conservatives. I really think humans, if you're human, if you have that that inherent uh, drive to smile and to have that warm, fuzzy feeling, which I don't care who you are, you really do want. And really, we all get it in very similar ways. We are all human. Um, so that's really the point of this piece. Um, and I, I, I'm no orator, I, like I say. I'm, I'm more of a writer, but I'll, I'll do my best here. And I, I begin with um, a, a quote uh, for the article. It says, I, I want to smile and I want to make people laugh. And that's all I want. I like it. I like being happy. I want to make others happy. That's Doris Day. 
I hope you're familiar with her. If not, please do look her up. Anyway, uh, the definition of entertainment is fluid. It is contingent upon a variety of societal and psychological factors, and it defies objective description. Throughout human history, the concept of entertainment has been in a constant state of flux. But at its core, entertainment is always a microcosm of a civilization's deeply entrenched attitudes, values, and mores. Who doesn't want to smile? Who doesn't want to be happy? Rhetorical questions? Perhaps not. If one takes the pulse of the American public based on its current entertainment, one could make the argument that its citizenry doesn't want to be happy. The dark and depressive dominate my Netflix queue, and I can't read a book that doesn't have shades of an O'Neill play. It's like being repeatedly clocked with a bag full of rocks. In a word, it's exhausting. However, to be fair, given the subjective nature of entertainment, couldn't some say that modern television, movies, music, and books do make them happy? Well, I wonder. We are experiencing record rates of depression and anxiety nationwide. Increased polarization between warring political factions has resulted in endless violence and rampant hostility. Recent studies have indicated that Americans are unhappier than they have ever been, and with just about every facet of life, jobs, relationships, their health, the future. And drowning in this boiling cauldron of vitriol, there are a few sensible individuals begging for the return of solidarity, civility, and, yes, happiness. The million-dollar question is, if so many are so unhappy, why would they turn to entertainment that only emphasizes the dark side of life, which in turn only wears them down even farther? Now, it's true that entertainment can be, and often is, used as an effective tool for reform, a way to depict the ills and plague society that plague society, and as a result, the struggles it creates for its citizens. One could even make the not-so-unrealistic claim that without certain pieces of entertainment, America wouldn't have made the strides it has made. Woodstock attendees are nodding right now, I'm sure. Yes, duly noted. It's all duly noted. We get it. We understand that life can be brutal, tragic, confusing, demoralizing, and ceaselessly chaotic. We know existence isn't all roses and sugar plums. Beautiful, talented people never spontaneously burst into carefully choreographed performances, and nobody says, oh, gee, anymore. And we know happily ever after isn't realistic either. Our troubles don't magically disappear after the final kiss seconds before the curtain falls. You can find all the preceding in Doris Day's Lullaby of Broadway, by the way. Contrary to what people think today, Americans have known all this for years. They knew it during Day's time. They weren't innocent simpletons who actually believed that what they saw on the screen was a snapshot of reality, nor did they go home thinking they would ever ride off into the sunset. But they did, very often, return home happy with smiles on their faces. How can we smile and laugh today? Why does it seem like the only kind of entertainment we get is gritty? In regards to TV and movies, why does it feel like the only adjectives we can use are raw, visceral, powerful, and why must everything push the envelope or be a wake-up call? Perhaps most unsettling is the question, why have our reactions to objectively good things changed so dramatically? Today, our youth will often react to the sunniness of day and the toe-tapping lightheartedness of the stairs singing in the rain, not with rolling eyes, but with outright anger. Are they mad at the political uncorrectness? Or are they mad that such overt, unencumbered happiness seems tragically out of reach for them? As a relevant side note, these people don't seem to smile often. Despite the wildly different environment in which we all live today, the difference between then and now can be summed up in one word. Optimism. It's not about heavy censorship of a bygone era, 
nor is it about ignoring or suppressing society's problems. It's about an attitude that, at one point, much of this country embraced. People knew life could be ugly, so the last thing they wanted to see in their free time is more ugliness. Is that not the ideal prescription for the modern-day masses? When the entertainment pendulum swings too far in the direction of justice and awareness, the result is very, very dark. When art incessantly imitates reality, it's no longer enlightening or impactful. It's just more of the same crammed on our throats. When art loses all its beauty and innocence, we lose beauty and innocence. We begin to morph into dour, cynical, unhappy people. Indeed, entertainment has done important things for society and must continue to do so. But right now, entertainment's position should return to one of jaunty, smiley escapism. It should continually remind us of the darkness that exists within every human and outside every human's door. It shouldn't continually remind us, I should say. Lastly, an intriguing zen-like possibility arises. It's feasible that the only reason we say such wonderful happy endings are impossible is simply because we've been conditioned to believe it. We live in an environment that constantly tells us it's impossible. Doris Day and others in her era wanted to make you smile, wanted to make you laugh. But here's the kicker. They also believed it was important. It is indeed critically important, and we've forgotten this fact. We've lost it amid the dark, the disturbed, the shadows of humanity that we know exist, but don't necessarily have to face every second of our challenging lives. Upon reflection, maybe we can say, with a carefree bolt of laughter so reminiscent of one door's day, that happiness isn't so subjective after all. Now, one note, uh, there is a slight typo in there. Singing in the Rain is Gene Kelly and not Fred Astaire. However, the, I think the rest certainly applies. And um, it, it's it's important to, to note that when people hear you, you talk like this, they immediately believe that A, you're being racist, which is just the, the only card Democrats know how to play now, the race card and the victim card, really, which is the one and the same card, honestly. That's all they know how to do. Because, again, you know, Hollywood, especially at that time, was predominantly white, and a lot of entertainment was as well. But again, much of the country was. Um, they, they go that route. That's the first thing they say. The second thing they say is that it's, you know, it's outdated and... Um, Nobody wants to see it, and it doesn't really do us any good, which, because it's not instructing us. It's not enlightening us. Well, as I said in the piece, art ceases to be able to do that when it only focuses on one thing, which is the dark, depressive nature of humanity, and that's all we see right now. I cannot seem to sift through my Netflix queue or the books on the shelves or... Or, or the television shows, I can't seem to get through any of them without having this rubbed in my face, and it's disgusting. There are a lot of movies I'll start with the hope that, oh, this is an interesting story, that this could be good, and within five minutes, there it is. Something disgusting being shoved in my face, and it's completely unnecessary. It has no bearing on the story. It's not an essential part of the plot. We don't need it to better understand the characters of the situation. It's just there because... We become accustomed to delivering that kind of disgustingness and darkness on a routine basis. Now everybody has come to expect it. And if you don't think it's having a negative impact on us, just take a look around. Okay? Very, very pessimistic people. Very unhappy people. Like I say, depression and anxiety reigns. And in large part due to what we are not prioritizing. We used to prioritize 
happy and cheery and sunny. And yes, patriotism and family values and things that are basically dying now. Uh, all the things that are supposed to fill you with a sense of warmth and pride and happiness. And it all seems to be disappearing at a rapid rate. And not coincidentally, the nation's mental health is, has been declining at a rapid rate right along with it. When I was younger, you know, as a kid, I, I grew up, I, I remember first hearing um, about uh, the drive to rate video games, you know, just like movies, because initially they weren't. And they didn't really need to be. They, they were so far, you know, behind in terms of technology. Uh, well, they were advanced in terms of technology for the time being. Um, you know, that time was difficult to get anything besides Mario. So there wasn't really any need, but Mortal Kombat and other things like that began popping up and, and parents started being concerned, and rightfully so. Um, and they should absolutely be rated just like movies. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, that's, that's absurd, you know, none of this has any impact on any of us. And it's, it's just, that's just stupid. That's just adults trying to, you know, get in the way of our entertainment. And I, you know, when you're 16, 17, that's what everyone thinks. Uh, and now many, many years later, um, you know, you grow up and you start to see the impact that, you know, really negative, dark, violent forms of entertainment have on, on people and society as a whole. And, and it becomes something that you wish would just go away. That's why I look around and I'm, I'm actually starting to find a lot more movies in the international scene you know, international movies with, with subtitles there, many of them are not quite so, you know, dragged down by this constant political or social um, element that has to be in seemingly all our uh, movies, especially independent movies. Um, you know, I've, I've seen great movies from, from uh, China and, and Turkey, even Istanbul. I've seen several movies set in Istanbul that are really quite interesting and, and good. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen really great stuff from Spain and Japan all over the place, and a lot of it is actually eclipsing us. Uh, it's it's just better because they focus more on the story. They actually have a story to tell. They don't have an agenda to push, and unfortunately, that agenda is starting to come first in all our entertainment. They're creating pieces of entertainment around that agenda. They're not creating the piece of entertainment first and then putting in a view. They're doing the view first. And forcing that down your throat in a variety of ways. And I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I, it, it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't... I don't want to see... I know it's there. You don't have to keep slamming it at me. It doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do anybody any good to know that it's there. It's always been there. We know it's there. You're only making it worse by spreading it all over the place. We know it exists. You don't need to educate us. You can stop. We know it's there. We really just want to watch something fun. It doesn't need a message. It just needs to be there. We just want to read something that's a really good story with really good characters. We just want to listen to something that, you know, sure, that can inspire us too, but does it have to have a message? No, it really doesn't. And that's really the point. Okay, that's really what we're striving for here. Now is the time to be as cheerful and happy and optimistic as possible, and the only way to do it is to re-embrace some of these entertainment values we had 60, 70 years ago. And by the way, if you're, again, if you're not familiar with the likes of Doris Day and other people from that era, I strongly suggest you look them up. Yes, they're, they're simple. They're simple and, and straightforward. And, but I guarantee 
that you will be smiling at the end of those movies. You'll come away feeling quite happy. And isn't that the point of entertainment, really, when you think about it? Really. Optimism. Cheerfulness. Happiness. That's what we want. 